The Hero's Journey podcast is filled with an abundance of spoilers. If you haven't read this week's book, I recommend you do so, as it will certainly help you follow along. Although, if you're only interested in hearing our take on this story, listen on. Hello, and welcome to A Hero's Journey, a podcast in which my two far smarter friends, Alex, and I'm Zach, attempt to convince me, your judge, Jack, and you, the listener, whether a story is a hero's journey. The hero's journey is Joseph Campbell's monomyth. It breaks down the most common recurring themes of our stories into a single template. The journey consists of three overarching parts, the departure, the initiation, and the return. The departure is where our hero is called to action and leaves their ordinary world behind them. The initiation, where our hero undergoes the trials and tribulations of their quest before ultimately achieving their goals. And finally, the return, where after having completed their quest, our hero must return to some semblance of normalcy. This week, we're talking about Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn the Final Empire, which is a book that takes place in a world where there are superpowered individuals who can control their surroundings uh, through the consumption of different type of metals. This story is actually viewed through the point of view of Vin, who is a street rat who exudes some of this uh, control over her outside surroundings through metal. But we're actually going to be following the tale and hero's journey of Kelsier, who is her mentor and the leader of a rebellion against the evil lord ruler who has created a world in which there is a great class struggle um, there is inequality of opportunity and wealth and uh, essentially created a a world in which the lower class the ska live a tortured existence and uh, kelsier has vowed to end this due to uh, his own personal journey that he's experienced thus far and the inequality that he has seen around him um it leads through essentially a, a very wonderful heist uh, layout, uh, much like uh, a magical Ocean's Eleven. We see the collection of a crew. We see a, the formation of a plan, all while dealing with political intrigue uh, in the form of noble houses and, uh, and, and a rebellion rising up from the common people. We begin today once again. We're all good tales of adventure start with our departure from the ordinary world and our call to adventure. Zach, you have the floor. For looking at Kelsier's tale, we have to take a slight departure from what we see in the story versus what we see in flashbacks to the main timeline because uh, a lot of, especially the beginning of Kelsier's journey, takes place kind of out of frame from the from the reader's perspective, told in snippets to other characters, mostly Vin by Kelsier um, and somewhat by other members of the crew who are more familiar with Kelsier's past. Um, the call to adventure for Kelsier specifically, now he was already a thief of, of some renown, but it wasn't until their failed uh, attempt to steal from the Lord Ruler himself that put him and uh, the love of his life, Mare, into the hellish pits of slavery um, and where they are, are forced to retrieve a, a rare metal from the earth. And if they don't find one, then they are killed. Um, Mayor 
says that she finds two, gives him one, uh, but in fact did not have one all on, and, and Mare dies at the hands of the uh, of the guards of the pit, this causing uh, Kelsier to snap and become full Mistborn and really starting his adventure where he sees the death of his most loved one just in time to do something about it, but he's too late, and so he vows to uh, create a world in which Mare would have would have enjoyed and get revenge for what they uh, what has been done to both of them, specifically her. Um, now, the refusal of the call here, we see then kind of, again, a jump through flashbacks where uh, Kelsier is taken under the wing of a misborn nor- known as Gemmel. Uh, we don't really see too much about their interactions. We just know Gemmel was a misborn who was slightly crazy and who taught Kelsier how to be a misborn. Uh, so this is both the meeting of the mentor who teaches Kelsier the ways of the Mistborn, as well as a bit of the refusal of the call because Kelsier doesn't go about the actions of uh, that he wants to take. He, he doesn't start to overthrow the Lord Ruler. He doesn't start to create a better world. He kind of da- goes off on a dalliance for some time. Um, the crossing of the threshold here is him accepting a job from the, from the Greater Ska Rebellion. Uh, and this is puts him in line and some accountability with something bigger than himself. And he obviously goes above and beyond what is expected of him by the Ska Rebellion, but I I like the level of accountability and can't turn back now because these people are relying on me that that moment uh, creates for Kelsier and as such, that's the crossing of his threshold. Now, the belly of the whale for him is as he's progressing through his plans, uh, and we see it slightly in the in the prequel to the book in which Kelsier visits uh, a nobleman's estate, uh, has some interactions with the Ska, and then uh, destroys the, uh, the nobleman and the entire household. But Kelsier starts to take on a sort of folk hero aesthetic to the, uh, to the Ska of the realm. He's, he certainly has power. He's come from their type of society, and he's fighting for them. So he hasn't reached the kind of deification that he gets later in the book, um, but he's really in the thick of it once uh, the people of the realm start to view him as the common man's hero. So, Zach, starting with your call to adventure, uh, I think that the death of Mare isn't really the call to adventure for Kelsier because he's doesn't have a goal in mind. He's just basically going crazy after his wife has died and then later decides that oh you know what i'm gonna go fight the lord ruler so i don't see this as much of a call as just a big event in the life yeah i i don't think that really holds up mainly because yes it's something that makes him go admittedly a little crazy and i think that's that's fair uh especially because that would happen to anyone um it's this point where he really i think decides that something has to be done before this he was a bait a very good thief and stealing from somebody who and you know is the lord ruler and is the hardest person to steal from but it's it's not from a greater sense of responsibility to anyone but the challenge and it's the fact that he now needs to do this both either you can argue either it's for mayor or for the rebellion. I think at this point in the story, it's for mayor it's for the revenge and the hate and the hurt that he feels. But as the story kind of progresses, we see more it being about the ska people that he's come from and that he cares more about 
and a little bit less about his own personal revenge, although I think that's still a present uh, part of the uh, of the whole journey. Okay, so if we I, if we can say that he's moving from wanting just revenge to helping the ska throughout his journey, then that's okay. I'll accept that as a call to adventure. But I don't think he refuses the call in that case because Kelsier is a planner. Like we said, he's a master thief. He's very detail-oriented and meticulous. So him going to train with Gamel is not a refusal of the call. That's him gaining more skills. And probably we don't see for sure, but uh, we can make the assumption that he's forming his plan on how to get his revenge and how to help the Ska form their new uh, government. I think that's fair. Um, we get so little information on this that uh, admittedly I was stretching a little bit that this is a refusal. And I do as much the way that I think of Kelsier as a character. I agree with you. There's certainly amount of planning. So I don't think it's ever, you know, entirely from his mind. Uh, I think if we had a more brash, slightly less intelligent, uh, very more action, action, action hero, uh, we would have seen him marching essentially from the pits back to the Lord Ruler and getting himself killed. Yeah, um, I have to give you Gamel as a mentor. We see that he teaches Kelsier how to use the metals. Um, we don't know much more about him, but definitely mentors there. Uh, I don't think that the belly of the whale you've chosen is really a good one because Kelsier becomes this religious figure way further in the story, really. Uh, I think you're right that we do see hints of this, but he's just like a thief and a, kind of like a legendary thief. I don't think that sets him as a religious figure. I think that you're um, crossing the threshold is probably more the belly of the whale, where he's accepting this job for the Scar Rebellion and fully committing with other people behind him to the quest that he started on earlier in the pits. But I, I don't know that the belly of the whale you've chosen really fits at all. And here's how I see it is we have the, the crossing of the threshold described as the point where the hero actually crosses in the field of adventure, leaving the known limits of his world and venturing into an unknown and dangerous realm. Um, and as such, again, for the crossing of the threshold, I chose to be accepting of the Sky Rebellion because the other parts of this where he is, you know, planning this more heist and leaving the political side of things kind of aside for a moment, that's something that he's fairly familiar with. And we see that in his interactions with the crew. It's a very much, this is the job. Let's talk about how we can do it. Yada, yada. The more political side of the job in which he is pitting the nobles against each other, in which he is uh, recruiting members for the rebellion is something that I don't think is really in his wheelhouse of experience. And so that's why I'm saying it's crossing the threshold from what, he's used to into this side that's a very dangerous side of things for him and his crew. Um, it's something that he hasn't done before. I, I would say that that fits really well into the belly of the whale uh, because he is trying to change himself. He's willing to undergo this metamorphosis, become greater than he was before. He's not just thieving. Like you said, he's now recruiting and uh, interfering in politics. But again, I just don't see this crossing the threshold going from what he was to what he isn't, except in this point where 
I would think that fits better in belly See, of the whale. So and, I, and here's I'm the so... thing. With the crossing threshold, it's the last few words that I think are the most important, where the rules and limits are unknown, where he knows the rules kind of of the game of thieving and of, of heisting. He's And we see it at times because he makes mistakes throughout the story where he does something and realizes it might not have been the best idea. He's kind of feeling his way through this. He's got an overarching plan, but he's not aware of how his actions are essentially going to affect things. Wrapping up the departure that we have a very clear call to adventure and what is not hugely surprising, uh, I don't really see a refusal of the call, mostly because again, all we know about his time with Gemmel is that Gemmel is his mentor. Uh, maybe if that was more fleshed out. And then as far as crossing the threshold and belly of the whale goes, I think we can disagree on where it comes for me personally uh, between your two different discussions. I think from the off-screen acceptance of the job of the Ska Rebellion all the way through that first planning scene kind of enfolds both of those things. And that by the time we see Vin caught up in it, that, that meeting, it's already too late to turn back. Now let's dig on in to the initiation into the unknown, starting off with our Road of Trials, Zach. Uh, something we've discussed kind of off recording is that in the previous, as we've been discussing Road of Trials, we've just kind of been stating that they're trials and not kind of showcasing the outcome that the hero experiences because of that trial. So that's something we're going to try to work on, starting here with Kelsier. Um, his first incursion into Credit Shaw uh, here with Vin, uh, and you'll notice these trials also have an overarching interaction with his mentee being Vin. Um, who kind of helps act as a sounding board for these changes. So uh, when they first go into Credit Shaw, it really shows the first time that um, Kelsier realizes that, you know, Vin is is capable in her own right, even though she does fall prey to a pretty nasty injury and starts to trust her and kind of humanizes her more beyond just being another misborn that he somewhat has a duty to interact with and more a personal attachment. Um, when we get to the house war, we see uh, Kelsier manipulating the houses behind the scenes, acting as a street informant, acting, you know, as an assassin, killing. Specifically, one of the instances I'm looking at is uh, he kills one of the nobles and then plants the body somewhere that enrages both noble houses, thinking that they're responsible for the death. So it's a uh, it's a pretty masterful uh, plan, even if he has to get his hands a little dirty, which Kelsier is not uh, not afraid of doing. And his meddling in the uh, in the house wars uh, kind of showcases some changes as well because he inserts Vin into that lifestyle as a spy uh, and as an informant. Uh, but her interactions with the nobles and her conversations thus with uh, Kelsier showcases a change that he kind of undergoes. It's not as drastic as some of the others because he still has a, a fairly healthy hatred of noblemen in general. Um, but we do see slight changes, especially culminating in his savior of a land later in the book. Um, and then his interactions with the rebels and with Finn, where they uh, kind of dash across the uh, the countryside in a pewter-filled uh, sprint that uh, leaves them at uh, the rebel army being decimated. Uh, and, and Kelsier very much wants to go off single-handedly, uh, metaphorical guns blazing, and do his best to save them. But 
Vin helps him realize that it's okay to not be able to do anything and still care. Uh, and it's still, you can still care about people and, but not go on a, on a suicidal uh, rampage to try to save them. So I think each of these trials showcases a change in Kelsier that, uh, that is beneficial for his hero's journey. Um, normally we go into a meeting with the higher power, but that's something I kind of want to save for later. Uh, it's not something that goes exactly in order in this particular tale. And as far as the temptress goes for the story, uh, again, it's more of an ideal than it is a physical person or item or anything like that. And in this case, Kelsier has such a hatred of the noble houses that I think in his ideal world, the um, the noble houses would be completely eradicated and there really would be no, uh, no nobles left. Um, that, while it's an extremely tempting thing, we see several times throughout the story that if that were to happen, the Ska don't have the education, infrastructure, ability to have a civilized society because they've been lacking that education and that those responsibilities for so long. So even if some event were to happen where every nobleman is just gone overnight, the Ska wouldn't essentially get the true freedom that Kelsier envisions for them, mainly because they don't have those skills. Um the atonement with the creator is when um, Vin gives this revelation to Kelsier that the Inquisitors and by extent the Lord Ruler can see through the copper clouds that kind of disguise um, the actions of, of the crew. And so it, what that really means is that Mare didn't portray Kelsier. And so I think this is a really good realization for him because he's had this problem in his life up to this point in which this woman that I love so totally and who eventually sacrificed herself for me uh, betrayed me and how do I reconcile that inside myself and while also trying to atone for her and, and create a world that she would have wanted uh, and by realizing that she didn't in fact betray him I think it's a great weight off of Kelsier's shoulders um, the apotheosis here is essentially comes right towards the end when Kelsier is finally facing the Lord Ruler and he attempts to use the 11th medal and it doesn't work. <laughs> um, this showcases kind of that all of the plans he had up to this point, um, a good chunk, well, I shouldn't say all, a good chunk of the plans he's had up to this point uh, have proved based on faulty information. And I think that's a harrowing step for any hero the thing with the meeting of the higher power is the Lord Ruler is at such a higher power level than everybody that we're really interacting with here uh, in this story. And his all of his actions are directly responsible for Kelsier's reactions throughout his life, that he is the higher power in his life. And so when he meets him face to face here on the field of battle uh, and he gets so easily destroyed, it it ends up being a boon to Kelsier and for Kelsier's um, goals which is what I'm describing also as the ultimate boon because Kelsier had these fail-safes put into place that he knows that if he can't kill the Lord Ruler, and it seems unlikely, the systems that he's put into place upon his death are going to be such that the Lord Ruler will fall eventually. So the ultimate boon is to see the destruction of the Lord Ruler and the world change to be a better place. This is directly related to Kelsier's death, um, and that is undergone by his meeting with the higher power. So this Road of Trials, I think that two of your points are pretty good. I think that the going into Kendrick Shaw for the first time and the 
duel to seeing the slaughter of the army with Vin are both good growth for Kelsier. Um, however, I don't know how furthering this house war is a good growth for Kelsier. As we talked about in the temptation, um, Kelsier doesn't or shouldn't want to kill all the nobles. So I'm, I'm curious how furthering this house war and it's seem, seemingly falling into this temptation you've put forward is a growth Well, for that's him. a great question, and for which I have a great answer, because we see that if the noblemen aren't at a heightened state of fighting amongst themselves, Kelsier doesn't believe that the rebellion has any chance whatsoever, um, mainly because they would crush the rebellion outright. And by keeping them pitted against each other and using their resources in both manpower and wealth in this inner conflict, it makes it much easier for a rebellion to grow um, kind of outside the view of, of their immediate attention. Okay, then I think that the temptation of killing the nobles actually isn't really a temptation. I think that that's just a good furthering of Kelsier's plan. Um, I think Kelsier would argue that his crew could easily fill these roles. Uh, in the letter that the Chandra gives the crew, we see that Doxin is supposed to be the bureaucrat and Breeze is supposed to be the politician and Ham and clubs are supposed to be generals. I think that Ska, especially these thieving noblemen like Ska, could easily step into those roles, the roles of administrator, pro at least in Kelsier's mind and probably in the world of the book. See, I think what we have to do is we have to distinguish between killing noblemen and killing all noblemen. Um, I think that the temptation is to kill all noblemen. I don't think, and that the trial is to strategically kill some noblemen. And beyond the killing of the some noblemen, to instigate enough political intrigue and self-doubt and pit them against each other. That's not just a direct relation. Yes, the example I used was killing a particular nobleman planting the body, but he does um, a lot of behind-the-scenes misinformation and you know discussion of how they make their uh, their wealth and, and things beyond just the assassination of particular noblemen um so i think once we draw the distinction between killing all noblemen and killing some noblemen for a particular goal is really when things get more delineated so let's move on to this atonement with the creator i think that Piercing the copper clouds is a very nice moment, and I think that Kelsier gets a lot of peace from it, but I don't think that Mare gets any understanding or peace or anything as she has passed on at this point. I think that the atonement has to kind of occur where we can come to an understanding between two people, and in this case, it's just one person learning to forgive himself. So I, that's where I'm trying to... Yeah. I, I see what you're saying, um, and I agree. An atonement stereotypically has an understanding between two individuals, and since one of them is dead, you're finding that to be difficult. Um, uh, just to rewind uh, before you dig into your rebuttal, Zach, uh, a reminder to both of you, and we can possibly include it once again for our listeners, it, atonement with the creator. In this step, the hero must be confronted by and be initiated by whatever holds the ultimate power in his life. Uh, this is the center, 
center point of the journey. All previous steps are moving towards it. All moments after are flowing away from it. And thanks, Jack. I think that really points more towards my argument here. And the reason is Mare is kind of a guiding force in Kelsier's life from her self-sacrifice, from the visions that she'd seen for the world eventually is what Kelsier is using as a guide point. And I think he's had a lot of problems internally choosing to go that route because of this great love for her, but also because the fact that she betrayed him and he never knows why. And so while she can't be there to actually atone with him, she told him while they were in the pits, you know, didn't betray you. How can I show you? And eventually ends up leading to her own sacrifice. And so I think her atonement happened much earlier when she was still alive and it finally got to the point where he could accept it because facts were revealed that allowed him to okay i think that the staggered atonement i'll call it that that works really well okay so moving into our apotheosis and the death of kelsier i don't think that realizing the 11th medal works is a doesn't work is a greater understanding at all um kelsier already knew that the medal didn't work we find out later in his letter to vin he never figured out how it would work but I, I don't see this as a really big step in his journey. Um, and then I don't see how Kelsier dying is a meeting with a higher power. Yes, the Lord Ruler has more power, but that is not the Lord Ruler giving Kelsier a gift that will help him in the future. I disagree. And this is this is the crux of it. The Steps that Kelsier has outlined to take place after his own death that include the Chandra and the actions of his crew cannot happen without his death. He can't be deified and, and, and be the center point for this perfect uprising of a repressed people as he is. He needs to have this resurrection, this idea that you know, this brave, valiant line in the face of the Lord Ruler that hope can't be killed. You know, all of these bits string together so well into this mythos that he is trying to create around himself. And it has to be the Lord Ruler, in my mind, to be the one who killed him. It can't be an Inquisitor. It can't be some low life on the street. And so the gift that the person with more power is giving Kelsier is the ability to begin the stages of his plan that revolve around his death by the Lord Ruler. I would have argued against this being a meeting with the higher power if the Lord Ruler had turned around and had an Inquisitor kill Kelsier or had a dozen of them kill Kelsier. But the fact that this launches the mythos of Kelsier's deification is where I think that's the item, the gift that he's getting. Um, As far as the apotheosis goes with the realization is achieved, that's the biggest realization I could get in this moment, mainly because he's such a planner and Kelsier has planned everything out. The one variable that has existed in his plan throughout this point is will this metal work? And he can't try it beforehand because then if it had been something important and had worked, then it would have been pointless. So it's this big question mark, this big variable up until this point and that's where I see the realization happening that 
man, this thing that I wasn't relying fully on, but would have been great, didn't come to fruition. The apotheosis, I think we've made the argument already that it's just not that important. And I think you're saying it already here. If it worked, great, but it doesn't really need to. Uh, I think going back to the Lord Ruler, if Kelsier killed the Lord Ruler, do you think that the rebellion would have failed? Do you think there would have been any less mythos there? Yes. I, I just, if, I'm trying to say that this point isn't as important as you're thinking. I'm, I'm it okay out. with saying with the apotheosis being up to Jack on that because while I'm saying it's not as important, I think it is a realization with the meeting with the higher power side of it. What I'm trying to say is had he killed the Lord Ruler, changes would have happened, but they wouldn't have been the same type of changes that we see happen actually in the story. And so to get the outcome that Kelsier really wants at the end of the day, I think his death is necessary. Okay. Um, I, I'm willing to concede that. And I think that the ultimate boon then kind of just flows right from there, setting up the Sky Rebellion. And as we find out, it works. So I'm willing to give you that point as the ultimate boon. And that's going to bring us to the end of our initiation here, uh, which for our avid listeners at home who are keeping score, uh, I am giving full marks to. The only one of particular contention uh, that I think we still had some disagreement on was the apotheosis. And I think ultimately, as we've defined it, uh, that it is an understanding or new knowledge that once our hero acquires it, uh, lets them have the resolve to go forward with their difficult, the most difficult part of their adventure really does fit in this case. It's not important that the 11th medal doesn't, Kelsier couldn't get it to work from our perspective in the story because we're following Vin. But I think for Kelsier, that acceptance that he never really stood a chance to win and that his ultimate victory will be through his death is what makes this his apotheosis. And that seamlessly transitions us into our return to the ordinary world, which in this case will probably be a bit of a different style of return considering that our hero is now tragically dead. Uh, Zach, why don't you... Give us a rundown of how this is going to work. So basically for this return, Jack is right. We don't have our stereotypical resurrection that we see even after some heroes have died in the stories that they come back to life through resurrection. Kelsier himself is dead, but he's left behind um, contingencies and plans for, for a uh, shape-shifting creature to take his bones and appear as him to the Ska uh, Rebellion and the Ska population, as well as his crew. Uh, although the crew are aware that it's not, in fact, Kelsier. Uh, but he's left also specific instructions for his crew on how to handle the upcoming days. And it's this forethought um, that has allowed Kelsier to live on beyond his own death. So moving forward, I'm going to be referring to this Conjure Kelsier just as Kelsier, um, because all of his actions uh, are predetermined by Kelsier, and he's just essentially acting as a vessel for, for what Kelsier wanted all along. Um Having said all that, there isn't a great refusal of the return in the story uh, from Kelsier's point of view, mainly because of this forethought. He doesn't really have an opportunity to say, no, I don't want to go back. 
and uh, and as such, I'm, I'm willing to just concede that point from the start. Um, the rest, specifically the magic flight and the rescue from without, is new Kelsier going around and introducing himself to these different groups and kind of laying the framework for what will eventually be the death of the Lord ruler and the changing of society. Um, the uh, crossing of the return threshold, we have it described as using the wisdom gained on the quest uh, to benefit mankind and the rest of the world. I think that one's probably the easiest to argue here simply because all of his actions led to the betterment of society by killing the Lord ruler and creating a system in which equality is definitely more of a, a defining trait. Um, master of the two worlds. Difficult to say what Kelsier's two worlds are here. He's nobleman, but not as a half born. He's a thief, but a politician. And I think the culmination of his plan showcases everything that he was and that he was a master. I don't think this is necessarily a point in which he achieves that. I just think this is the point in which we as the readers understand it. Uh, and finally, the freedom to live, difficult. Um, mainly because eventually even the Chandra stops acting as Kelsier. So he's not living on in the sense that this new Kelsier is living his life. He lives on through his deification that is created around the church of the survivor. For refusal of the return, Zach, I think that was a good point. Um, you're right. Kelsier does not refuse to return at all. Uh, this magic flight and rescue from without, since the Chandra becomes Kelsier, I'm having a hard time seeing that as a rescue from without. The, the Chandra is Kelsier, essentially, is what you're saying. He's, he's taking the place of him, but yet he's also saving him. Yeah. So he's not... I have a... I, have a, I, I know where you're heading, and I, I want to cut you off just a little bit, in that if the Chandra did not exist as an entity, if this type of creature was not a thing that Kelsier had access to, I don't think this plan would have been viable. Um, even with some clever stage makeup and going around and, you know, having people dress up as him, the whole plan hinges on the fact that this Kendra exists and has these powers. And so I think, and, and this is on me for not kind of mentioning it earlier, but the magic of the Chandra both rescues the plan and provides the magic flight away from this kind of state of Kelsier's death. Yes, the actions are predetermined by Kelsier, but he could have said that that's what he wanted, but had the Chandra not existed, it would have been a, a pointless plan, right? So it's the fact that the Chandra is magical and the Chandra has the ability to do these things under the direction of Kelsier that is the magical flight and the rescue. I'm willing to concede the magical flight. That is a fantastical way for Kelsier to go from being dead to not dead. But if we're saying that the plan of Kelsier is why these points fit, even though he is not back, uh, the rescue from without is a little weak to me. Uh, I'll leave that up to Jack to decide, though. Uh, for crossing the return threshold, I think that you are hitting the nail on the head. I think that 
Kelsier's sharing his wisdom with the crew, sharing his plan and having the this rebellion succeed is a really good point. But I think that detracts from our master of two worlds and freedom to live. Because Kelsier, I would say the two worlds that Kelsier is balancing are being a ska and being a noble. And he is never able to balance those truly because he's dead. I think if he had lived, he would have easily been able to balance those like representing the ska in this new government. But because he's died, I don't see him having the ability to become a master of the two worlds. I agree the point's light. Um, and I, I like the point that you're going with his duality between the fact he's a half-born. Um, I think of it more as the fact that he, like I said, mastered the different parts of his lifestyle from just being a thief to being a political influencer to being essentially a general. I think his mastering of things beyond his stereotypical realm of influence, which at the beginning was being a thief, I'd say the worlds are being a thief and being a revolutionary. And I think at the end of the tale, we see because of all the plans that he made coming to fruition, we see that all along he was both of those things. I don't think it's the achievement of them. I Like I said, I just think it's where we as the readers see that all along he was these things. But I think that comes down to us having a bit of a debate on what the two worlds are that he's mastering. And I'm fine leaving that up to Jack. Um, for freedom to live, we have said this is an authority to live your life as you want without undue influence from the exterior. And I think that Kelsier becoming this godlike figure without having any power to affect the world is the most that someone else could control him. He could be controlled by any number of different preachers or mystics or prophets saying a message in his name, essentially. I think that entering godhood, while for most people would be the most extreme form of this freedom to live for Kelsier, because he is dead, is the least. I get what you're saying. Um, and I know we've kind of been focusing on that aspect of it. He doesn't have direct control over it, but this is the legacy that he wanted to leave. And I think Kelsier's pre-planning is enough to understand that. Um, he left enough, I would say, direct controllable actions after his death for the creation of this, but trusted in the general message and in the people he left behind to change it as needed as time progressed. So I think he was completely okay with the, with his understanding that things were going to be adapted for the times that they see fit. And I think this is a particularly strong point in favor of what I'm saying is throughout the book, um, he's having these conversations with says about the different religions of the world, showcasing he's actively thinking about how religions are formed and the tenets of religions and how they change over time so he can get bits and pieces to create this religion around himself. And so I think he's aware of that. Uh, and it doesn't detract from the fact that he chose it just because he can't directly influence it after his death. Um, if we want to say that Kelsier's wanting to be manipulated after he dies is his freedom to live in a, in a way that he is not being manipulated, that I 
I guess that's fine. I... <laughs> I think that's gonna bring us to the close of the return here. Uh, as we clearly saw, uh, there wasn't really any refusal of the return as all of the return is Kelsier's machinations. Uh, there is certainly something resembling a magical flight and a crossing of a return threshold. I'm inclined to believe that at least from my understanding of how we've been discussing Kelsier's journey, he's not a master of two worlds because we are, this is still ultimately deeply personal. And I don't think, as Alex said, he ever has a chance to reconcile the two halves of himself before he must unfortunately put his plan into play and die for it. And ultimately in what is a first for me as someone that normally finds himself to be strongly opinionated, I am still undecided on the rescue from without and ultimately whether or not uh, our Chandra can be rescuing Kelsier from without when he's really only doing everything under Kelsier's orders. Uh, so I think I'm going to leave that one up to our viewers if they want to reach out to us at a hero's journey pod at gmail.com or at a hero's journey pod on Facebook and let us know what you think uh, either about Kelsier's journey as a whole or hopefully specifically my inability to decide on whether or not he was rescued from without. And wrapping up our dive into Mistborn, the final empire today. Uh, I, and I think all of us really love this book. I think for our readers who, readers, listeners, who may either be familiar with some of Sanderson's other work and are listening to this before actually reading uh, the Mistborn series, there's two big things that I think, unfortunately, digging into Kelsier is left off the table. Vin is what we would consider the main point of view character for this book. And she's got what is not a complete hero's journey in this book, but is a still a fascinating adventure. And I think we left a little bit of Kelsier's darker aspects of his personality out because his hero's journey reflects so much on moving away from those parts of himself. But again, this is a fantastic story and a really interesting character. Yeah, this is one of my favorite books by definitely my favorite author. Uh, I think Jack is right. We didn't really discuss Vin um, and we maybe could have, but I think that in the next book in the series, Vin steps more into this hero's journey, into the spotlight. Although she's definitely the main character here. Um, and I like that we glossed over Kelsier's murders because they're not as happy as the rest of his journey. This book is, I think I've used the word a couple times here, but a masterclass in uh, both heist writing, magical system creations, the influence of people, the impact of religion, class struggles. It is just an all-around pleasure to read. Um, and as readers, we're supposed to identify with the hero, at least in some way, to have some sort of investiture in the story. Um, 
found myself closely aligning with a lot of what Kelsier does, which may be harmful to my social image to admit on a recorded podcast, but uh, an excellent uh, character written with depth. Um, and he left you feeling at the end of the story like there was a big reveal. Like you just watched the heist movie and all along you start thinking the movie, the, the story is less and less about a heist and more and more about, you know, the struggles of a people. And at the end, when it all just, the plan gets laid out and you just go, Oh, it, it's a, it's a wonderful moment. And it's, it's a great book. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And remember to hit us up with, your thoughts or opinions or condemnation of our butchering of a wonderful novel. Uh, once again, that is a hero's journey pod at gmail.com and at a hero's journey pod on Facebook. And please come back and join us next week as we dig into the last witch, a story in the Witcher series. And I've been your host and judge Jack. This is Alex. And this is Kelsier. I mean, Zach. Yay! Oh, thank you. Ah, into the belly of it. <laughs>